Hey everyone, welcome back to the Freshly Squeezed podcast. Um, I don't know where you are, but it feels like spring where we are in Tennessee. And what's the temperature where you're at, Jacob? It is 63 degrees and it's amazing. Feels great outside. You got us beat, man. Yeah. That's it's Florida. Mm-hmm. So it's upper 40s today and it feels like summer. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds cold to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's just a summer vibe. We are jumping into a new topic with our friend Chad Stewart, and we're happy to have him here. We'll get to know him a little bit more. But first, our topic uh, this week, we're talking about the brevity of life or what that phrase means. Um, And brevity is just a big fancy word that means shortness. And um, there's a verse in... Uh, Psalm 90, 12. And my version doesn't use the word brevity, um, but it says, teach us to number our days aright that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um, so basically the concept of looking li- looking at life for its shortness and its finiteness and how that can inform our posture towards life and talking about what experiences remind us of that, what moments have taught us to view life in this way. Um, And if it's good to view life in this way, and how often should we? Um, We're gonna dive into all those things and Chad's gonna share his wisdom and Jacob's gonna share his wisdom and I'm just gonna listen. (laughs) (laughs) And Brooks is gonna share his wisdom. It's easier if I say it about you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to be humble. Yeah, so Chad, who are you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Yeah, um, so uh, for work, I am an associate pastor at the Vineyard Springbrook, specifically over building community and groups. Um, I get to teach a few times, um, teach a few times during the year. Um, so I help out with that. And then outside of that, um, really it's, those are the specific things I do, but anything that needs to be done outside of that, I try to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but like outside of that, honestly, I think I'm, I've always described myself as like a simple person. Like I, I like quiet. I like quiet times. I'm an introvert that, um, likes to be extroverted only in small doses and small moments mm-hmm. of time but mm-hmm. um i love the read uh gosh i love books not fiction because uh, i can't keep up with the stories i don't know why <laughs> so so basically it's either history or a biography or something christian living that i really enjoy mm-hmm. but i read i have a beautiful wife named christy stewart she is the best in the world and the best woman that i know <laughs> and then i have two dogs and they are nuisance in my life, but gosh, do I love them. Um, having like having to like now be a pastor and not like being able to go out as much and work from and work from home, mm-hmm. like like having the dogs around you every single day is I love them to death, but man, I like to get out of the house and get it away from <laughs> them for the moment. But 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 I, I, honestly, that may sound like um, I'm being mean towards dogs. I, I'm going to be quite honest as an introvert. I probably enjoy dogs more than I enjoy humans most of the days. I love me some dogs. <laughs> so that's awesome. And just curious, what is what is your? Uh, I think I may know the answer to this question, but what is your favorite author? 
Oh gosh, um, I don't know, man. Oh, you don't know? <laughs> um, I have so many. So when I first started out reading and came to the faith, it was A.W. Tozer. Mm-hmm. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, because you introduced me to Tozer, and yeah. he's still one of my he's still one of my favorites. He's so good. Oh man, I think I think honestly because he's probably the first Christian I read at length. Like in my early years, I tried to just copy his personality and everything. And then later mm-hmm. I realized I wasn't very good at that. Um, <laughs> I definitely didn't pray as much as him or other things, but man, I talked about that stuff a lot like he did. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, Tozer was a huge influence on my formative years. Um, so I'm, I always have a special spot for, to- for Tozer. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So Chad, what is, uh, what's fresh on your mind? What's, what is God teaching you in this current season of life? Yeah. Um, so just a little bit of my background on this. Um, when I first came to faith, I came to faith in a, I, I, I wasn't, I did not grow up in church at all. Um, so mm-hmm. I went to a, I was chasing a girl going to an independent fundamental Baptist church, which was King James only and, mm. and, um, and all of that stuff. And so that was my first experience of the church and religion. And of course there, they, you know, um, they're very strict with things, believe that everything has to be right. And so because I dated that girl for four years, I spent four years at a church, um, at an independent fundamental Baptist church. And whenever I left, um, because of the King James onlyism, I left because of that issue and some other ones, um, just because of where my faith was going and what Jesus was teaching me. But mm-hmm. I felt like when I left, um, and going through that mix of having to use new, uh, newer translations and things like that, I think I lost value for the word. Hmm. And specifically in this season, I can say probably since COVID happened, I know most people are like, man, COVID has been so hard. Honestly, for me, Jesus has been very close and very, and very real in this time. And which, and which has been a grace to me. And it's been amazing. I feel bad saying that when people have had such a hard time with COVID, but man, I've been killing it. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) and, um, but, um, one of the major things that Jesus spoke to me back then was, Hey, the only thing that matters with me is connection. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that, I learned to value his word again to where like um, all the promises it has that, that, that it's able to separate soul and spirit, bone and marrow. Um, Proverbs mm-hmm. talks about how it's health for one's whole life. Um, and and it just the sufficiency of the word has become so precious to me in this season. Um, I'll say I probably read the Bible and I make sure I read it um, at least smaller portions three times a day. Mm-hmm. Um, in my current life right now. And the Bible, man, it's alive and speaking to me like I feel like it never has before. So, yeah. I, so I feel like the one thing Jesus is, te- is teaching me, just because I read a ton of books, I quote a lot of authors, and Jesus is like, that's great. They quote a lot of things about my word. <laughs> um, mm. but, yeah. but what does my word mean to you? Mm. And how does it hit you personally? And so every day, about three times a day, I've just been taking in a portion of the word, looking at it, seeing what the word says, and asking myself, do I believe this? And what I've come to find out is I do. And it has added faith to me, you know. Um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If you don't have it, it can come. 
and it's the word of God. Um, and so, and so that has been something that I feel like I haven't been able to say for the past six years. Um, mostly, I mean, I've read the word, but like it actually being alive to me, um, Mm -hmm. um, that's something Jesus has just given me a complete appreciation for, um, and probably the past six months that I'm still learning. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah, that's so good. That's such a, that's something that's more recently been on my heart too. It's, it's that thing that you said, it's like, I I read a lot of books. I read, I, and I, I think about it and talk to other people about my own thoughts about the word of God based on just stuff I've learned in the past. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where Jesus is saying like, okay, exactly what he said to you. Like, I want you to study my word. I want you to take it for, for what it is and not go through three sources first and then to your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. Like there's a time for that, but just digging into the word of God and getting your own conclusions from them and studying it yourself. Yeah. There's something about that. That's just life giving. <laughs> well, it's the book of life. It gives you yeah. life. So yeah, <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. And a, a gross analogy is like having a mama bird chew up worms for you when you can just chew, go get them and chew them up yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Chew your own worms, guys. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess we can just kind of set the stage by like, what? How do you view life? Um, how do you guys view life? And what experiences have most influenced the way you view life? Right now, I've been really looking through the lens of beauty, um, and just like being so, just longing to see the Lord's beauty in the world. So often, I'm so. With my personality, uh, we'll bring the Enneagram into this, but <laughs> with my personality being more of a one on the Enneagram, I can see so often like the things that are wrong and the things that are not beautiful in the world. Um, so recently, how I've been trying to view life has been um, seeing the Lord's beauty in people and, and in creation. Um, but there are certain experiences that have influenced that for me, but... I want to hear about you guys. I think for me, more recently, and it's come from different sources, but I, I think it's a, a really easy to get focused on a bunch of detailed, detailed things of like, oh, I need to do more of this. I need to not do this as much. And I think it was my pastor just recently just said, one thing I really want to do with my life is just to add value to them I want to add value to people around me. And obviously that doesn't come from within. It doesn't come from myself. I can't personally add value to, to anybody that comes through the Holy spirit speaking through me. He's the one that adds value. And when you, when I think about life that way, I'm just like, man, I want to make that my, my, like marching orders. I want to add value to people, however that looks. And, and, and honestly, like I could just run with that, that one overarching, like add value to people and then just start trying to do stuff. 
But when you look at it, when I've looked at it recently, it's, I'm like, well, how can I add value to people in the most effective way? And it, it came that conclusion that I just said, it's not, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. So really it's walking in step with the Holy Spirit daily and thinking about encounters with other people with that in mind. Like, how do I add value? How can I speak life? How can I pull out potential in people, help them to view things the way that God views things? And if I if I look at life and if I look at encounters with people that way all the time, including, including the daily ones, because that can be the most difficult times to try to add value is when, like I see Taylor, my wife, every day, and she should be the one that I add the most value to most often. And I think sometimes when we when we live with somebody or around, you know, people more often, we're like, oh, they already know. <laughs> I don't have to add value to them all the time. Um, but e- even even them, like that's that's just as important. That's that's actually priority. That should be priority to add value to Taylor, to add value to my to my daughter Ella. At this point, would just mean spending time with her and mm-hmm. loving her and and disciplining her and. And all of those things that are godly and, and right. But yeah, to, to draw it back, I think it's just how I view life right now. And this is really just kind of a refocusing on that that idea of just adding value through the Holy Spirit in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, life to me, uh, whenever I just think of that word, I just hear purpose mm. for me. Um, and how I view that is... Um, like an everyday, ordinary, kind of what Jacob was talking about, being connected with God and the Holy Spirit, bringing them through all the experiences of my life and aligning my life with Him and living life in a purposeful way. Because I feel like if I bring Jesus into every moment of life, then every moment of life, no matter what it is, whether it's giving my dogs a bath after they just ran in the mud or on my way to work or I'm on my way to do a podcast with you guys. Um, I'm inviting Jesus into every moment, aligning my life with him. And that's just, and and life to me is just purpose. And like, it's not all like go and evangelize and bring people to Jesus. Um, There's a verse at the end of Ephesians 1 that says, Christ is is the head of the church and his body is the fullness of him who fills all things in every way. And one of my heart is for people to find their purpose so that his body can feel all things in every way. Like God has a desire for artists and musicians, you know, and artists, not just to paint pictures of doves and crosses, but like to bring the Holy Spirit into their work and create a beautiful piece of art that everyone can enjoy Mm -hmm. and and musicians to create music that everyone can enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think God has a real heart for stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways I just view my life is how do I align my life with God's purpose so that then I can show people um, the purpose and help them with the purpose that God has for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, man. Whenever I hear life, I just hear purpose. Yeah. And I think uh, going into the main theme we can't have a well-informed perspective of life without uh, the perspective of death. And like yeah. um, talking to you, you brought up this phrase that s- sounded very familiar, but I had never heard it before, but uh, the discipline of death, yeah, which is a 
are actually a pretty Jesus thing, mm-hmm. but sounds scary. Yeah. Do you want to dive into that? Yeah, I do. Um, a few years back, I went through something um, in which I was like passing out at the wheel of a car mm-hmm. and I was dizzy all the time and doctors didn't know what was going on and my heartbeat would go really, really fast. And I was in that for like a year and a half. And then the Lord just, it just went away. And during that time, I, I got to reflect on death is coming for me. And at that time, I'm 28 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I had my whole life ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm dealing this. I'm dealing with this reality that something is overtaking me. And this may be the thing that takes me out. And so uh, a, a bit after, I was listening to a pastor named Todd Hunter, an Anglican bishop, and he mentioned the discipline of death. And to me, that's like Jesus. Um, Paul says in Galatians 5, uh, verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And Jesus himself tells us to take up our cross, to die to ourselves and live unto him. Um, and so there's this discipline in our faith, I think, that no matter who you are, whether whether you have a condition right now, a, med- a physical condition, or whether you're going to your job, or whether you're married, you will not always get your own way. Mm. You will not always get your will um, and what you want. And so in that, and, and I have learned this a lot through my, I'll be honest with you, my marriage has helped to disciple me a ton. And one and one of the ways is, is that I don't always get what I want. And that's a good thing. Mm. That is a blessing that I do not always get what I want. So there's this praxis that um, I learned of stopping and breathing in for a second and just saying, Chad, in this situation, um, and just an easy example that I would have would be um, my wife, um, works a full-time job. She's a physician assistant. I'm a part-time pastor. Um, and so basically I'll have times in which I don't feel up for making dinner. I don't feel up for doing certain things, but I'll stop and be, and, and just say, and just say, Chad, this is a good thing (laughs) for you to do for your wife. It is the most loving thing that you can do for your wife at this moment. And, and, and so just submit and make dinner. Just submit <laughs> yeah. on Friday mm-hmm. and clean the house because this is a blessing to your wife. Now, you may not want to do that, but this is a blessing. Mm-hmm. And so I die to what I want. I die to what I desire. And, and, and I do what God asked me to. In my job, I don't always get to do what I want to do. I have a lead pastor. And so sometimes I have to listen to her wisdom and stop and say, She's the lead pastor. God has given her a vision for this church. I'm going to submit and follow. I'm going to submit and walk along with her. Um, so there's this discipline of death. And and I think Jesus wants us to learn that because unless Jesus comes back, there's there's going to be a time in which a disease or something comes upon us and we can't use our strength to fight our way out of it. We just have to submit to God submit to what's going on and just have faith and trust in him. Mm-hmm. And so basically the discipline of death is me learning that I won't always get my own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's it's kind of a backwards, well, 
honestly, a, a lot of things in Christianity feels backwards, like dying to your dying to yourself, like, and then saying, geez, you know, God wants to give you the desires of your heart. And you're like, well, well, my desire is to do this. And why, why don't I get this? You know, um, there's a lot of things that seem backwards to us um, that when you study it more and when you understand what God's saying, um, it makes a lot more sense. But but yeah, I, I can relate to that idea of of dying to yourself is so difficult. And sometimes it can be somewhat easy when it's recognized. Like you're saying, Chad, sometimes, sometimes, you know, Taylor is thankful, like very verbal about her thankfulness. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to do that more because I like the the thankfulness. And then, you know, if I don't get the, the appreciation, I may be like, well, is it worth it? <laughs> Which is just really selfish. Um, but then there's, there's also the, the unseen, the unseen dying to yourself, which mm-hmm. what I mean, like, this is maybe a silly example, but almost, almost like you're, I, I'm here in my office. So like I'm out in my office alone all day and I'm like, I have a Mountain Dew next to me. I'm like, I don't, I need to be more healthy, but. I can just drink this and not, not really worry about it because no one will know. Um, or a thought that comes into your mind, maybe a better, a better example where you're just like, no, that is unregulated space. No one really knows about it except for me. So I can learn to lay down my cross and I can die to my selfish desires when it's visible to other people. But what really, what, what I struggle with most is um, my thoughts. You know what I mean? Like learning how to lay down those, even even if I've never even mentioned them to anybody before. Like, I guess that would probably be one of the most difficult things. Um, and that would probably be a really true test of whether you're, you're the Holy Spirit's working in you. Because um, I think in the past, I would gauge it as, oh, I'm doing a lot of good things for Jesus, um, so I'm good. Um, and viewing and and kind of judging my standing with God based on <laughs> how well I'm doing from the outside as far as dying to my flesh yeah. and how people see that, and then how I really know um, I'm <laughs> I'm dying to myself and and kind of laying down my desires for God's desires is when I'm like being te- being being tested and being encouraged to lay down even my thoughts before the feet of Jesus, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's what Jesus looks for. Like Jesus says, I'm humble in heart. And like, um, he's, he's looking at our hearts. And even when he's talking about sin, he he talks about, even if you have the thought of sin, like, Mm -hmm. um, so he's looking at our inner world and not so much like, um, our outward sacrifices, you know, like our outward yep. gestures, which I think is humility and dying to ourselves is just another another version of that. When I'm reminded of the brevity of life or the shortness of life, um, it can be so freeing. Um, it's it usually comes whenever I've like I've let a lot of anxieties and thoughts and like waves and tension just like build up, 
and then I, uh, I have a breakdown and then I'm like left with nothing but my emotions and have to sit. And then the Lord reminds me of what life is all about. Um, but in those moments, I am just sobered is the word. Um, and those moments are so free, but what, what are ways that like you keep your eyes fixed on, uh, Jesus and, and fixed on your right perspective of life? Yeah, I think for me, um, I stole this word from whenever the revival was happening in Toronto. Um, they thought they thought of this new thing called soaking, but it wasn't new. Um, it was just called meditating on the word of God mm. or just con- or just taking a moment to connect with Jesus. They called it soaking? Soaking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, uh, the uh, revivalist Randy Clark would just lay down on the ground mm. during the meetings and everyone would be like, look, at him, he's just soaking in the presence of God. And then they asked him to teach them how to do it. And he would just like, guys, I'm just tired and I'm tired of praying for people. So I just lay down on the ground so people will just leave me alone. Um, and what sounds great. But um, basically what I do is, um, and I don't do it every morning, but like I try to do it every other morning. I'll take 30 minutes and I'll put on some instrumental music and I'll sit back in this big chair and I'll just say, Jesus, um, I don't know how you do it. And this is usually after I read the word. Um, I'll just sit back and I'll just be like, Jesus, I don't know how you do it, but I'm inviting the Holy Spirit to come and just align my heart with yours. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm just going to take a moment, sit here, wait on you, and ask you to align my heart with, with you. And that's usually how I recenter myself on life, mm-hmm. um, typically. Yeah. 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 For me, I think it, it usually starts... I guess I'm in the process of trying to make that a normal discipline of having having God search my heart um, like David does in Psalms 139 because usually when I, I'm when I'm asking God to search my heart or at least in the past it's usually it, it comes from a place of being just very empty and feeling a lack of God and then I'm like wow I think I need God to search my heart. <laughs> um, and so I like usually wait way too long to do that. Um, and more recently I'm like, man, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, of making that a thing only when I feel deprived of something. Um, I want God to uh, almost like a, a buildup of, of wrong, wrong believing in certain things and, and, things that have gone wrong because usually a few you won't they I guess they add up over time and then once they fully add up you you like comes to a point where you're like how did he even get here how did I get to this point where I'm only focused on the stresses of life and I'm anxious about things like how did that even get to this point I better have God search my heart and I'm kind of I, I think what does it for me more recently is that the intentionality of doing something every day, even if you already like feel life yeah, in your bones, like mm-hmm. doing, doing it anyway. And, 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 and okay, I'm going to go down a thought because I think most of my relationship with God has been 
man, I don't feel close to you. I want to be close to you. I want to feel close to you. And most, most of my life hasn't been a heart of just thankfulness because I am close to him, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I'm not yeah. used to that portion of, of the relationship with God. So when I, when it comes to that point of just being like, wow, I feel close to God, instead of transitioning my heart posture to be more of like, wow, thank you, God, help me to stay in your presence. Thank you, Lord. I tend to, I tend to, yeah, I tend to kind of stop and just kind of li- live off of that for a while until mm-hmm. I feel empty again, instead of go taking it to the next level of just being like grateful and being full and then being being able to pour into other people from a place of just wisdom and and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, man, actually verbalizing this right now, it's like, wow, that's so obvious. Why don't, like, I, I want to take that next step. Um, and obviously the enemy does not want you to take that next step. I think that's probably why it's been blinded to me for, for years of, of doing that. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it, it comes to the to the point of just asking God to search your heart. And a lot of times that also has to do with being around people who will encourage you and also having that mindset of just always wanting to grow. But yeah, intentionality, asking God to seek, search my heart on a regular basis, and then being around people who will point things out in me and saying like, oh, that's awesome. Or, hey, that's not that's not of God. Um, let's work on that. So I think it's a mixture of those things for me. Real quick, I want to I want to interject something because it it's pretty timely. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I was uh, at a retreat this last week with my youth group um, at Destiny Worship Center, and it was awesome, really, really good. One thing that uh, well, the whole the whole series was talking about influence, our influence on the world and on other people that we have that other people have on us, and uh, it was really good for for the youth group and. Um, one thing, um, Pastor Wayne was this speaker at, at this one, and uh, one thing he said, there's this cycle of influence, is what he called it, the cycle of influence. And what that looks like is, it's this process of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit, realizing you're being filled. And a lot of times that's like he, he related it to, um, like camp, we, we get filled, we get filled up. And then there, there comes a point where the enemy is going to tempt you. Um, kind of like what Jesus also relates to Jesus when he, he, he spent years being filled up and then he, he went out and was tempted. And the next cycle, the next part of that cycle after being filled is being faithful. A lot of times you're, you're filled, you're on, on a high of being and uh, having just have an encounter with, with God. And then there comes a point where you're like, where, where is God? Where is he? There's, there's all kinds of things coming at me. I'm tempted to do so many things. There's, there's struggle, there's um, trials going on. And that's the next part is the faithfulness. You have to learn how to be faithful through difficulties. And that last one, once you surpass that of, of just being faithful through the hardships, there's this, this area of being fruitful which looking at Jesus's life after he was tempted and he stayed faithful and he uh, persevered through that, he, be- he was fruitful. He, he started to, he, he was able to share and to pour out 
to other people. And it's kind of like the, the, it kind of goes, your life kind of goes through that cycle a lot, just being filled, staying faithful, and then being fruitful. And I'm like, wow, that's such a good analogy. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times we think when difficulties comes, when come and when, when we go through a hard thing that we didn't expect to, to come, um, we see that as God's filling leaving us, like God's God's Holy Spirit leaving us. And we're like, well, well where, where did you go? Mm-hmm. And really, it's just a next step that God has for us of, of learning to trust in him, even though things aren't going the way we thought they should. Mm-hmm. And it's that faithfulness section that usually gets me, I'm sure, is probably a pitfall for a lot of people. But staying faithful to to know God's word so deeply that even if you feel like God's not near to you, you know he is. Like you yeah. know it um, because God's word says he is. Um, so I just I just thought that was when he laid that out before me, being filled, being faithful, being fruitful. It just was like, wow, that's <laughs> that's such a good thing to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I, that that's identified now in my head. Um, but yeah, that's that, I just thought that was a, a good point to, to bring across in this conversation as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the perseverance of the faith and how perseverance perfects your faith. Mm. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, had, you, you said something earlier, um, Chad. You said it, it's similar, but bringing it back to that discipline of death, you said death makes life meaningful. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, um, during that time in which I was sick, I was listening to a pastor in Honolulu, Hawaii that I really like. His name is Jordan Sang, S-E-N-G. Um, and he was going through a, uh, the book of Proverbs and he was teaching on it and he was encouraging his church to write Proverbs, right? And Proverbs are these short, small sentences that are packed with wisdom and you could write papers on them and mm-hmm. just just because there are these short sen- sentences um, mm-hmm. that through their experience they wrote. And the one that he wrote, because he dealt with uh, poverty, depression really hard early on in his years. He was suicidal, like mm-hmm. he never tried to, but um, he dealt with depression really bad. Um, and then after he came out of that season, he made this phrase or this proverb where, where it says, death makes life meaningful. Mm-hmm. And to me, what 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 that proverb he made means is is that it it's kind of like the solemn that you read, Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. It makes me number my days, mm-hmm. and it makes me realize death is coming. Um, so how should I live today in light of that? Hmm. Um, how like like how should I react in this moment in light of that and and in that, it prioritizes what's important to me. Mm-hmm. Like it almost gets past all the trivial things I'm worried about. And like even like in that condition at 29 year, years old and sick, like it helped me not think about my condition. Mm-hmm. It helped me think, well, what is purposeful for today and live out of that? And so mm-hmm. death, and although it sounds morbid, mm-hmm. but... um. But but the reality of death actually gives value to life mm-hmm. um, and how we live our life. Yeah. Something I experienced a couple months ago was 
this idea of like, I think it's good to search, ask God to search your own heart and have him show you things. And then I think there's a next step to that because I would be like, you know, he, he would point out things that are not given to him. And then I would focus on those things. I'd be like, man, you're, you know, God's right. I'm not doing well in those things. I kind of suck actually. I'm not, and I, I would focus on trying to get better. And then it, it, it still was kind of a selfish process, really. I'm like thinking about myself and I, and I was still focused on me and what actually did it, um, what actually kind of like brought me out of that was youth group going to a, going to a youth group night and having a small group where I was pouring into other people Mm -hmm. because I was like, man, I don't really want to, I remember, I don't remember the exact day, but I remember the night very specifically because I left there and I was feeling full again, which seems so opposite of what it, what makes sense because I felt empty and then I just went and had to pour into other people when I felt empty. And really what it was is that what, what filled me up was pouring into other people, Mm -hmm. like allowing the Holy spirit to pour through me. And I felt, I felt like full leaving by, by pouring into other people. And I'm like, wow, what a, what a, paradox (laughs) what a weird like what a weird thing i had no energy i had no energy for weeks and i I went and i started talking to students and it started off with just some knowledge that i had and i started off pretty surface level i'm like yeah you guys need to do this and here's what the bible says and then it then i'm like looking into those kids eyes and i'm looking and seeing some of them goofing off because they're middle schoolers but some of them actually connecting to the Holy Spirit. And it like unlocked this part of my heart that was like, this is what you're missing. You can't just sit alone trying to fix yourself. You have to, you have to pour into other people. You were made to put God first and then you were made to put others first. And that's a part of our DNA that gives us life. Um, And I think we can really easily being well-intentioned and feeling justified in our actions to focus on ourselves and make ourselves better, you know, like uh, whatever, whatever that means um, in those situations. But I feel like it's easily justifiable to be, to sit back and only focus on improving yourself and then still feel just as empty because you're not being the hands and feet of Christ in the world, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so Psalm 90 was written by Moses, um, and we reference Moses a lot, or we have in this past season, um, but I just love Moses' perspective towards the end of his life. You can see that um, perspective in Psalm 90 as he as he describes life and he's, as he describes the vastness of God. Are there any people in the Bible that have greatly shaped your perspective on the finiteness of life or even just like your worldview in general? I've always had an affinity affinity for Barnabas. Hmm. Um, Hmm. No one like, um, I've always felt 
like a kindred spirit with them. Like no one was going to get the Paul and then Barnabas goes into this area, realizes he needs help. Mm -hmm. And the first thing on his mind is let me go to this guy who was persecuting everyone Mm -hmm. and get him to come. And he goes, stands them before the apostles and they bless Paul. And then later we see Paul and Barnabas have that split over John Mark, right? Mm-hmm. Um, John, right? Supposedly John Mark did not um, turn back on one of their journeys. And so Paul, who's a purpose guy, he's all about getting things done, um, doesn't want John Mark to tag along. Mm-hmm. But Barnabas sees his value. Mm-hmm. He sees who John Mark could be. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's this ideal in the Bible called honor and how we're to honor all people. Mm-hmm. And honor is not dependent on other people and how they act and what they do. It's dependent upon me mm-hmm. and the character that Jesus has given me to love others and mm-hmm. see yeah. from heaven's perspective where, how God made other people to be and their purpose in life. And so, And so whenever I think of him, I think of this idea of honor and in the brevity of life, Barnabas was able to see the value of others mm-hmm. when no one else was able to see it. Paul, Paul was looking through how he experienced him. And I believe Barnabas was seen through Jesus's eyes. Mm-hmm. And then later in the gospels are not in Paul's uh, epistles. We see Paul asking for John Mark to come to him. Mm-hmm. Because John is been is beneficial to him, and that's just the beauty of honor. And and man, Barn, I don't think Barnabas gets enough honor. Mm-hmm. How we honor characters in the Bible, um, yeah. um, as much as I think he deserves, mm-hmm. of going and getting the Apostle Paul and going and believing in John Mark when Paul did not, and just that va- value of life is short but everyone is valuable mm. Um, mm. that it seemed like that he had that I just love. Definitely thankful for you sharing your heart on this. I, I, I've, I've always, I don't know you that well, <laughs> Chad. I mean, we do, we got to hang out a little bit when I was there, but one thing I do know just to honor you for a second, I, I just know that you're real and me and Taylor were, were inauthentic is what I mean by that. Me and Taylor were talking about that actually today a bit. Like, really, we're trying to like a we're trying to pursue at least. This is how we put it. We're trying to pursue being real with mm-hmm. each other, not having any sort of surface lies that are getting out instead of the truth that is underneath it. Mm-hmm. We're trying to be more authentic with ourselves, with other people. That's what people relate to. That's how that's how I think sermon sermons are more relatable when when we actually share our heart and not just facts about what the Bible says, but you actually tell them what Jesus did in your life. Um and something when I think about you is that yeah, I, I just always felt your authenticity and that you're you're just really real and you shared a lot with me and and honestly it's actually it wasn't a whole lot with me but it felt like a whole lot because it was it was real and you're authentic and you also 
uh, shared Tozer with me, <laughs> and Tozer did a did a, a number on me as well. So, uh, anyway, all that to say, I just want to thank you for being on and and sharing your heart. I definitely really love hearing your point of view and how deeply you think about things. So it it means a lot. Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys for allowing me to come on. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. I wanted to mention a few things before we hop off. Number one, something we want to make sure that we're doing is to share content that is relevant and helpful for the people who listen on a regular basis. So if that describes you, if you have a question for us or suggestions for content that you'd like to hear on the podcast, we would love to hear those. Um, You can message us on social media with those or send us an email at freshlysqueezedinfo at gmail.com. The second thing is, if you enjoy the content that we're creating here at Freshly Squeezed and it's making a difference in your life, if you wouldn't mind writing a review or rating it wherever you consume our podcast, that would be super helpful. Also, hit the subscribe button or follow button so you can stay up to date with the new episodes as they come out. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have an awesome week and as always, stay fresh.